welcome back to the Catch Kate podcast. Today we are on episode 13 and we are still in Colombia but we have arrived into the central part in the city known as Medellin or Medellin however you like to call it and as you know I decided to split Colombia because I would like to talk more in depth to the places I went rather than brush over them and to give you like a real sense of a feel of the country. So this week we are going to delve into Medellin and then next week we are going to look at some other locations just south of Medellin. Very, very, very interesting places indeed. So Colombia is a very exciting place. So today we're going to look at the city and we're going to look at how it had such, you know, if you know of the city or have heard of it or maybe you've seen it on some series in TV, um, it has had a horrific past and has gone through an immense transformation um, from, you know, drug cartels and narco trafficking to like a renowned transformed city full of artists and music and yeah, where tourists can now feel safe. We're also going to go on a day trip outside of the city to an area known as Guatape where one of the largest rocks in the world stands and I actually climbed this rock so we'll have a look at that as well and we are also going to look at my venture paragliding over the city of Medellin which was so much fun even though I nearly <laughs> I nearly died beforehand it was actually quite scary um but it was it was so amazing like to overcome my fears and do it and we're also going to look at kind of some of the experiences I had over Christmas there as I spent Christmas and New Year's there. And I am also going to fill you in on all my news. I would also like to begin by saying thank you to the patrons who are supporting the making of this podcast. And as I mentioned previously, I don't have any funding behind my work so again I am relying on you the listener to uh, consider supporting and allowing me to continue to making it and educating and providing some yeah exciting stories and knowledge and just another note as well if you do become a patron not only are you helping to support this podcast but you also get access to exclusive footage like some videos behind the scenes of these locations and you also have a message thread with me so if you feel like you'd like to ask me any tips or questions on whatever you like travel growing sustainable living mindfulness in nature any of that stuff um you totally can and it's a lovely actually community where we can also be up close and personal. So just a thank you to the patrons again and I really appreciate it and let's get going on our journey. So as you know from last week we were in the northern part of Colombia on the coastline. I was up near Cartagena, Minca, those places and I ended up in a place called Santa Marta and I had been pondering for a while what to do because for me, as always, anytime I was near the ocean, I was like, do I really want to leave? No, I don't. 
but I knew I knew I wanted to go south of the continent I knew I wanted to get to Patagonia so I was like I have to just start going down and I knew as well that South America was just a gigantic landmass compared to Central America and that I would need a lot of time and at the time it was actually December and I knew I was getting constricted kind of on time because the places I wanted to get to in Patagonia were like you know national parks with glaciers and all that and they were like big hikes so I always had that in the back of the mind I was like how am I going to get down there and not land there in winter so as free-flowing as I was I also knew that like oh no like those parks are going to close in winter and I I kind of need to like push on a bit but I I kind of thought okay let's get into the center of Colombia kind of visit the places that I had in mind and then figure out some way to get down to basically the end of the world Chile Argentina and then I would figure out the route on the way back like I had in mind to perhaps go over to Ecuador Galapagos which was seriously my dream like the top top dream of mine and I thought will I go over there and then go down but I was like it's going to be so rushed so instead actually I actually ended up going down on a plane down to the end of the world basically fin del mundo that's actually what it's called it's quite funny and I actually ended up going down to the very bottom and then working my way back up again um so that was kind of my route plan and I know some people watching me they were like where is she going what is she doing but like I did have a legit structure behind it like I, I was really following the weather in one way and I also knew like it was coming into January and I also knew the ships to Antarctica would stop in March and I was like oh like if I go to Ecuador and I get stuck like because I knew the Galapagos would keep me for a while I just knew it like with the wildlife um I was like I'd never get to Antarctica because by March there would be no way you know so I eventually got into Medellin and I knew that from there I would go to the end of the world so I'll give you a bit of background now and how I filled my time during the month of December and the January so I came in from Santa Marta on the coast and I flew into Medellin and I remember arriving into the city and I was looking down at the city and I was like whoa because you have like the Andes mountain range in there and it's just it's just so built up you have like these com- communes kind of comuna um, around the city and it's just like houses stacked upon houses and it's very steep like the city kind of looks like a bowl um, I actually found it just in my opinion like quite similar landing in like as Mexico City like that kind of bowl shape and just all these just so much buildings everywhere you know um and I kind of I didn't really know I knew kind of the location I was going to but I I had a bit of fear going into Medellin because people had mentioned to me like oh you know there's like violence in there and gangs and drugs and and it was considered one of the most dangerous cities in the whole world at one point like you wouldn't have wanted to go in there because it was rife with violence and gangs and all that sort of stuff but um I got in anyway and I remember arriving in the plane and I was like how am I going to get to this kind of a accommodation because I knew the airport was way outside the city and I just saw these three or four people on the plane that looked like kind of backpackers and I was like hey do you want to like share a cab and they were keen so I was like cool 
and we decided they actually had called an uber so that was fantastic so we actually all shared it and we all just chipped in and luckily i don't know how it happened we were actually all on the same street so there's actually a part of medellin which is called el polao and if you've been there you you will recognize the name and it's quite popular with you know tourists or backpackers or whatever because it's it's you know a safe area um but you know things do go down there as well so it's just to be careful you know um more often than not the people are just like amazing and they're so lovely and they kind of go that extra mile because they know the history of the of the city and the country and they really want to look after the the tourist or the visitor so more often than not like lovely things do happen but stuff does go down as well um just to be aware of it i suppose and you know common sense is always like don't be going out at night on your own you know walking around because things did happen when i was there and it's just so important to be aware of that so i actually ended up spending christmas and new year's in medellin and the hostel i chose it was just it was so lovely because i felt like i had family there and andres who met me at the counter on the way and he was from guatemala and we just got on like a house on fire and we had loads of adventures together um but it was so lovely and you know him being a traveler as well we just got on straight away and yeah we had great adventures out and uh, I'll explain now where we went as well it was so much fun but the hostel was great and we ended up having an amazing Christmas dinner together there was about I don't know 25 or 30 of us all different nationalities from the whole globe like I could if I had to put emojis of all the flags I wouldn't even fit them on a page there were so many different cultures and people and it was so lovely because as I said before I was a bit like oh where will I spend Christmas and but it was lovely and I also spent New Year's there and we had a big huge party in the hostel on our terrace and it was so much fun and I actually ended up meeting a Colombian family and they had it was really funny they had a bottle of Jameson and I was like oh my god I was like that that bottle is from like my town like Middleton you know and they were just like, what? They were like, oh my God, join us. Come and stay with us and come out with us. And I was literally just became their family then. It was so funny. And the Colombians are like that. You literally will just talk for a minute and then you'll be like their family member. They're just amazing. Like, you know, uh, really lovely people. But I guess one of the first days out I had was up to Comuna 13. So Commune 13. So you can actually visit this commune uh, with a with a specialized kind of tour guide and I would recommend that because you still don't know wandering that area because of its you know uh, heavy weighted past like I wouldn't recommend going there alone but I got a tour guide and there was a small group of us and we kind of started off at the bottom of the hill of the commune and it's very steep like you can look it into google commune 13 and you can just 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 articles and articles on it and uh, it was just fascinating to witness uh, this part of the city that was rife in gangs and drugs and violence and gunshots, you know. And yeah, it was just, it was amazing to see the transformation. So now you can actually go visit there and you can go up the kind of winding streets and visit the graffiti or maybe some locations around there. The artists meet the local people and I guess now there's such an optimistic vision on this part of the city and the city in a whole that 
it's a beautiful place now to visit and it's great as well because you can give back to the locals and for a long time there was a lot of stigma attached like people were very fearful to say oh I'm actually from Common 13 because because what was attached with the stories the, the, the murders you know so now people when they say oh I'm from there like it, it, there's less stigma attached and they feel you know at ease and it's a great thing to do the tour because you're actually pumping money back into the barrio um, and the locals as well and we got to visit one of the locals houses and meet his like birds he had birds in a cage and um, all the graffiti like we visited all the murals of the artists and they're actually incredibly talented like I, I just was like wow and some of the murals they signify you know kind of obviously the transformation of the, the city but also like the vibrancy of the area that they now want to promote so like they'll have the Com Columbia flag colours up the blue the yellow the red and that draws people in as well and just the, the music as well up there and the dancing and it's just incredible like you, you go around different corners and you might have rappers then the next corner you might have some break dance then the next corner you might have like a big choir of kids singing and then skateboarding and yeah just incredible the the talent you know and another thing as well I don't really want to say his name uh but Pablo Escobar obviously he had quite a history in that city and the country in general and obviously I know people have watched the series online um but like they don't really like talking about him uh just because it's so weighted like it, it's just yeah it's a topic that they don't really discuss and I did another tour within the city grounds around the city's quarters and we kind of were told that look we're going to call him this name uh, I think at the time they said Voldemort or something like this so it was like a it's like kind of like a code name because they don't like discussing it and they don't like pumping tourist money into kind of things centered around him because it's not one it's not what they want the city remembered by you know they're trying to promote the city now as a beautiful place as, as a place of optimism transformation and yeah so I just put that point out there that it's not something they focus on so I'm not really going to discuss it this is just in respect of the people and also for you to focus on the more positive side of the city but if I do happen to mention something related to him I'll just say Voldemort like they did on our tour so another thing I did in the city was paragliding oh my god have you paraglided because I nearly yeah I was very scared so I remember being with Andres in the reception area and I was like what he was showing me pictures of him above the city flying and I was like that looks class and then I was like, oh my God. And I felt all this fear. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like, I should do this. So then I got some information, pricing, how you do it, all that jazz. And I thought, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I just thought, you know, now or never. YOLO. And, and that's the way I like to live life. Like, you know, you got one chance. And now I'm sitting here in my living room. Like, I'm so glad I've done all those things. Because you never know when the opportunity won't arise. So just take it. Um, but I kind of contacted some of the tour agencies and I finally got a deal and 
I was picked up in the morning. Let's just say I didn't really sleep the night before. I was quite terrified. And I didn't tell anybody as usual because I knew I knew like people would be a bit fearful for me. Um, but yeah, we took off in the morning. We collected some other tourists, another three girls or so. And we kind of took off in the car and it was a super like cool morning. There was this Colombian guy driving us up to the mountains and the music was, we had this like rap music on, like driving through all the communes. And I was just like, where are we? This is kind of cool. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, they're quite cool. Uh, just amazing people but so we got up anyway to the top of the mountains and the guy was like right go in there and um we'll give you some like cacao hot chocolate and uh maybe some breakfast some bread and that but like i was so like full of adrenaline that like i was like i, I don't even know can i eat because you know you know when your stomach like your gut is like signaler like with butterflies it's like oh don't really want to eat and then I just had a few sips of my drink and I was like ready to go. I didn't, I just couldn't eat the bread. I was like, oh no, I just want to, I just want to go. I just want to do it. And so we got up anyway to the top of the mountain or the hill around the city. The, the city is very steep. So we got up there anyway and there was the other three girls. They were kind of buddies. I was there on my, my own and they were like, they kind of wanted to go first. And I just said, okay, cool. So they went along anyway and I waited and waited. And you know when you're waiting for your go, you're like, oh my God. Like, I, I think I would have liked to go first, but I was just like, you know, just wait. So I waited inside this tent. Um, it was quite breezy up there. And then I was kind of like, oh, I need the toilet. I need to go to the toilet because I was so nervous. Like, you know, but I didn't actually need to go. But you know when you're nervous in your stomach and you're like, oh my God, oh my God. Um, but then I was like, just breathe. It's going to be fine. So anyway, they strapped me up to this guy. Um, we were kind of hooked together on one kind of, uh, what do you call it? Um, you know, like straps. So we were strapped together and then we had the kind of chute above us. And next thing, like, I was kind of like, what do I do? What do I do? You know, you're looking at your straps. You're like, am I incorrectly? And you're like, what is going on? Like, what is going on? What is going on? But anyway, then he handed me like the GoPro in one hand and I'm just looking at him. I'm like, okay. And then he's like, right, are you ready? Like three, two, one. And then next thing we're running down the hill. And next thing there's like a huge drop. Like, I mean, a huge drop. And then boom, we were just, we just soared into the air. And I was like, wow. My heart was like, boom, 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 boom. And then next thing, I just had this immense sense of freedom and calm and relaxation. And I just chilled, just, just sitting back, just sitting back. And the harness was on and I was just sitting back. And he was like, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, I'm actually fine. It was just the build up, you know, my mind had made it out to be something so scary, but it actually wasn't. And I was like, how long do we do we have? Like, And he was like, oh, about 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, wow, amazing. So... We took off to the right and we went all around like these these mountains and you could see the whole city and the barrios and oh, it was just amazing. And then he was like, right, let's go over to the left now and I show you some waterfalls and cascades. And I was like, oh my God, class. Um, and we like did these kind of like turns down and yeah. And then eventually like I got like super kind of confident and I was like, oh, this is class. Let's do some tricks. 
And it was so funny because he was like, wow, he was like, you got so much confidence. And I was like, yeah, I actually love it now and I feel safe, you know. So we started doing all these kind of turns and going upside, not upside, I don't think, I actually don't know, did we go upside down? I don't know. But we were doing all sorts of things where my visuals, I was just looking at the sky when, one minute, then I was looking at the grass, then the mountain, then the waterfall. So we were doing all sorts of veers and stuff and your body just feels weightless. It's just like, wow, like, oh yeah, it's just like, almost like transcendence. You're like, where am I? You know, you're just everywhere. You're upside down, you're here, you're there. Um, But it was amazing. And I was like, he was like, right, we're done. And I was like, what? I was like no we can't be done can we stay up for a bit more and he was like okay so so we were like going back to the we'll say like the drop off the descent area where you'd like kind of run down and I was like no and he's like right so let's go back <laughs> so we took we kind of took off again it was so funny and we were having great chats about Colombia and Ireland and yeah the guy then was like like does everybody have blue eyes in Ireland like I always get that question like about the blue eyes um and so funny because nearly every person does have blue eyes here. Um, but it's something that like people used to always say on my trip. Always the blue eyes. Um, so if you are traveling alone, sometimes like I say to people, well, if you're solo traveling, sometimes it's good actually just to wear glasses. Because sometimes they get a bit of a shock because they might have never seen that color eyes, you know. Um, and at one point, because like obviously it became quite strange for me after a while, I was like everybody's pointing this out like it must be so unusual you know because in Ireland you wouldn't think twice you'd be like yeah they blue eyes whatever but like over there it's very uncommon and afterwards I did some research and I was like looking up eye colors because people just got so intrigued by it and I was like like actually I think it's two percent of the globe have green eyes and then about I think it's six or eight percent have blue so like in general it's brown eyes are the most common on a global front you know so actually it is quite rare and it's quite a recessive gene so actually when I think of it as well like the freckles like the freckles as well were something so 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 unusual to people they'd be like what are they <laughs> and you're like oh my god like I didn't realize I was so different until I traveled you know um but actually when I worked in France as well many many moons ago uh, no, I was about 21, I'd say. Yeah, I worked in France teaching and I remember in the classrooms, you know, kids, they'll just say anything to you. They literally, if they see you like in some way, like you all know this, like if you have kids or whatever, they just tell you like, they'll tell you straight out. They're so honest, but they used to be like, what are those things on your face? And I used to be like, what? And they'd be like, those things near your nose. And I'd be like, what? And they'd be like, are they buttons? And I'd be like, buttons? What the hell are buttons? you know it's just it's amazing when you go into just cultures and regions of the world that they kind of people that look like you don't exist or it's not common like it's it comes it becomes so obvious then you're like oh my god but um yeah it's quite it's just quite interesting you know and the funniest thing is like say even when I think back to Cuba like they used to tell me they'd be like oh you're very exotic and I'm like exotic I'm from like I'm from like a very cold place how how like in the northern part of the world like how could I be exotic um but it's the same here like when people come from south of the equator like they might consider them exotic you know because you may look different or whatever but that's the beauty of the world really isn't it and everybody's so different but we're all the same um but yeah it, it's amazing and it's fascinating but as I say as always like we're all adapted to our 
climates and our countries and that's just the way nature makes us you know and I always had very like keen interest in like human evolution and species evolution and and how we're all like you know adapted to our regions um so this is like really like a topic of interest that I love researching and it's something that like just clicked with me like when I was back in college you know we were studying you know if you think back of the earth and the land masses like Pangea Pangea and Gondwana land and then like the continents split and something just clicked with me when I was younger when they were like oh yeah you know they found the same type of vegetation and rocks and species in the South American continent South Africa or in northern Canada or and you know the northern countries of Europe I was just like wow that's so interesting I can't believe the earth was all one place like all the land masses you know and the ocean surrounding and then it split and it split and it split over millions of years and it's just just crazy like so interesting and it just shows again like you know we are actually all one like there's no we're just one human race like we're just one um we just have certain adaptations to our our regions depending on how we can survive best so yeah the paragliding anyways we came down eventually after I gave up the fight to want to stay up forever and the guy was like you know if you want to go again tomorrow just let me know and I'll give you a discount and I was like oh cool thanks and it's amazing like they're really good um business people like you know or else I don't know people were just really nice like the amount of places I went they were like do you want to set up a business here you know like I, I could have a million businesses by now so funny they'd be like yeah like you know you help us we help you you know you get this you get that you get it to come on the tour then or yeah it's just amazing um they're intelligent like you know and some places you know as I said I gave tours and kind of set up like you know businesses with them you know getting them tourists in and, and recommending them and it's just to help the locals really survive and actually something interesting yesterday I was talking to my friend in Guatemala she lives in the jungle and like there's this this place now if you remember Guatemala in one of the other episodes I talked about a place I stayed in the jungle with no wi-fi um just natural huts with no doors all that but she um I talked to her yesterday and I was just like oh my god like she said like you know the hostel that I stayed in it literally well one covid closed down but then they had like this huge storm called Amanda and it literally went on fire and I was like what I couldn't believe it like you know so like she went back selling fruits on the streets you know and obviously there's no tourists that there's like one or two tourists that come every now and again but nothing like I was just like oh my god and she was like please recommend your friends to come here when they can and, da, da, da. and I was like I will I will I will you know so um I guess that perspective as well having contacts in so many countries and you know different backgrounds and ways of living and, and different levels of um wealth and uh it's amazing like you get perspective on the whole thing so I guess just for you to know today like just have gratitude for your house your home your life because your standard of living is probably a lot higher than most of the world so after the paragliding I headed back to my hostel in the evening and we had our little rap music on going back it was so funny and yeah I got home and that night I was pretty exhausted because I was less you know like the amount of adrenaline like the body like kind of comes back down then and you're like oh that was a hype uh, but it was amazing 
So the next place I visited was a place called Guatapé and I went here with Andres, the guy that I told you from reception and we had such a fun day out. So basically Guatapé is like this really vibrant kind of little town I suppose, a couple of hours from Medellin and you can get a bus for a day trip if you want or you can spend longer just to have a better feel of it and oh it's just a stunning town like everything is so vibrant like there's so much to look at and it's like you know an instagrammer's perfect you know place for photos because everywhere you look you're like wow 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 music and color and dance and oh, just amazing so we kind of planned to climb the the rock as i said this gigantic rock that's out of the ground i actually visited another one in mexico um they're massive like and it's such a unusual earthly phenomena because it's just like this gigantic piece of stone just straight up out of the ground you know it looks weird you know but back in the day apparently like the farmers were like oh my god you know this stone like they they almost thought it was a nuisance because you know when there's rocks all over your fields you know it's not the most ideal for growing and they were like look at this giant rock it's like the ones in our fields and, and there was all sorts of weird kind of worshipping going on with the rock because imagine like in the old days where knowledge was you know f little or you were unsure of what things were there was no there was not much science like you'd have been looking at it like what is that you'd be like what what's that outside my door like this massive gray thing <laughs> and there's one slit kind of down the side of it like where they have the staircase now to go up and yeah there's a lot of steps so yeah take your take your breaths because uh, it's quite high and um, if you want you can have a look there on the internet at the uh, Guatape if you type it in you'll see the rock will come up it's like the most famous thing there so at the top then you have like views of the reservoir the Guatape reservoir and kind of all these lakes but they are artificial but it is like it's actually stunning up there because it's like these contrasting lakes of blue and then this green this lush green and forest and it's actually just oh it's such a picture to look at now the day i went as well it was like you know over christmas so like all the colombians were on holidays so it was jam packed and there was quite a bit of queuing so it was like oh my god and then it was like 30 odd degrees so we were roasted out of it like on the queues going up but um it was so lovely going up the stairs because it was really in the shade so we could kind of you know hide a little and then at the top you can ha you can get your photos and you can have a little ice cream and yeah it was amazing 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 and I would recommend to go there it was so much fun so then when we got to the bottom uh we were like okay what next and uh, we decided to take a boat along the reservoir and why not you know why not go on the lake and there's loads of water activities as well but when we got to the bottom there was all these tuk-tuks and we were like okay let's get a good deal back to the town and um yeah i hopped into one of them like some of them there was no people in them driving and it was so funny i got the most cool photo below it in this tuk-tuk and i was pretending to drive it in front of like one of the largest rocks um in the world uh but it was just so funny and the the guy the the tuk-tuk driver thought i was going away with his tuk-tuk and i was like no i was like the thing's not even on i'm just sitting in for a picture but yeah no they're lovely so then anyway, we got into the tuk-tuk and we went down, we went towards the reservoir and we got a boat and uh, we went out with another Colombian family out on the boat and we went all around the reservoir in this kind of like a speedboat and just got to view all the biodiversity 
and visit some of the lake's residents. There's some fish and we also got to visit, I'm going to call him Voldemort because that's what the tour I went on called him. His mansion, his old mansion that was ripped apart by a bomb in 1993. Um, as I said, I don't really want to discuss him and his past, but there was at one point tours of the mansion where they would do like paintballing, but like the, the Colombian government completely shot that down because it wasn't like, that's not what they want to draw people to the country for. Do you know what I mean? So it was interesting to see the mansion and to, I suppose, witness the history and the, I guess, yeah, all that is attached to it. Um, the deep, deep history. And yeah, it's crazy. Like there was actually trees. Of course, me, I'm interested in the biodiversity, but like apparently there was trees um, at the front of the house. Obviously, a lot of it is burnt down, but you do see it like the ruins and it's still standing. Um, the trees were imported from all over the world. That just shows how much money he had. Um, yeah, just like incredibly interesting. But of course me, I was just interested in the trees. <laughs> I don't really care if he had a helicopter pad or swimming pool or tennis courts. I just wanted to know what kind of trees were they? And um, what countries did they come from? But um, yeah, it was very, it was interesting in one way. But in another way, I don't want to focus on it. So we just kind of went around the reservoir anyway. And... Yeah, just appreciating the water, especially being in Medellin, was super hot. And having that access to the sea, kind of, you know, the water, again, was just beautiful. So after that then, we kind of walked around the town for a bit and we got our bus to go back to Medellin. But like, on these trips, you have to be super careful with bus times because like, we nearly missed the bus. And I could have been stuck there. And I'll never forget that night. We were literally on the bus for four hours. It was actually like, it was kind of like torture because the bus, we were squished in the bus and there was just too many people on it. We were like, we didn't actually have our dinner. Like we had our lunch at like, you know, one and this was like seven, eight o'clock and I was just like, oh, I need food. And yeah, but like, you know, these trips are worth it, even though at times when you're like, oh God, why didn't we have time for dinner? But um, that's why I always say have stuff in your bag, you know, like high calorie kind of protein um I don't know like granola bars or some kind of bits like that just to keep you going you know um because in a lot of these places as well like sometimes when I stayed in places like the things I could only access were bread cheese eggs you know because it's not like the whole it's not commercialized kind of living um so things aren't really on demand like you don't have a hundred different types of cheese you have one type of cheese that's it um, I'm not talking for Medellin now obviously Medellin you have all the supermarkets you know it's very much built up city and you're gonna have everything but like I'm talking about the local places like you don't have choice you just take what you get and that's it I suppose what I could say for Medellin is it kind of became my little home for a bit because I spent quite a good few quite a good bit of time there and I also took advantage of the fact I had wi-fi like good working wi-fi in the hostel and as you know, I was studying, uh, I was completing my environmental science, um, UCC. So like that Wi-Fi, like getting that Wi-Fi, I was like, oh my God, like seriously, like I have good Wi-Fi. So I was like, you know what, I'll extend my stay. And I remember in the January I had assignments due. So I was like, you know what, I'll extend, extend my stay before I head back into some other jungle or desert and I'll be out of Wi-Fi again for a long time. Um, 
but yeah as I said it was a little bit hard because the cities I find the cities hard to stay in long term but I also knew that like I had to concentrate and just kind of chill back for a while and kind of live like a I don't know like a student or like a like not like a traveler you know but like I guess I'll be honest with you with some of my stories as well like because my well-being is such a priority in my life like I always ran during my trip like running has been a great um running is great for your mind and I'm so glad I picked it up like a few you know a good few years back because it just clears my head straight away so I decided that with the heat in Medellin like my routine kind of became like I would run in the morning you know like half six or something before the heat would come in like I found it hard because like quite a lot of the time like cars or vans full of uh, builders or whatever they'd be beeping at me or they'd be calling me or you know my name became like Monita which is like little kind of like little blondie um so I did find this hard in the city um because as well like when you run like in these hot places like you can't run in a pants like like I, I had to wear shorts and at times I just felt like oh my god like can you just leave me go for my run without beeping the horn or shouting out the window you know um that's just some honest traveling um and like stories that I had like which was a bit hard but part of me then was like no just like just keep going Kate like put your music on and like leave them off like you know it's just at times it was annoying you know <laughs> if your friends do something like that if you know if people just call them out on it um it's something I've seen a lot as well in the news lately about you know it's not about like kind of women having uh curfews and stuff you know all of these things were going on it's actually just about you know if you know somebody who's doing it or your buddies are doing it or you see somebody doing it and you're a male or a female whatever just call the person out and be like you know that's not appropriate or like like yeah like it's not appropriate and it's not nice um because it doesn't make us feel uncomfortable whoever goes through it um and it did make me uncomfortable quite a lot so it's funny like because then I would actually run earlier in the morning when I knew people wouldn't be going to work it's crazy like isn't it how like we adapt our schedules and our ways of living and our ways of dressing so that other people won't kind of cause us discomfort it's crazy when you think about all of that um but yeah it did happen to me quite a bit and I also do you know like I would have short shorts for running but like I chose then to wear maybe a longer like a three quarter lengths or you know like they would say to me like don't wear like don't be wearing like a skirt in the city because you're just drawing attention and it's just like oh my god so like I'm roasting yet now I have to put on a pants because I'm just going to draw attention you know it's crazy like but hopefully the world is changing and um it's funny like as in Ireland Jesus you could wear what you want and nobody will even well depending you know like here people don't really say anything or you know depending though I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk for everybody but it's much less than in other countries I believe anyways that's just a little note to say that if you know somebody who does that or you see it call it out that's it call it out anyways it makes life easier for everybody so I want to finish up on telling you about all my news oh my god I have so much news right one last week I got bees I got a beehive can you believe it uh, Mark came down from Hive Mind in West Cork 
and he we put the hive up there in the back kind of sunny sunny facing uh southeast uh, in kind of a sheltered area so oh, so i actually was looking at them yesterday they've been here like nearly a week and they were out and about and they were buzzing and i was like woohoo so exciting and I actually put a video up online it's on facebook instagram uh of i did a live with the bees um so that was quite funny uh, but he I just learning so much interesting things about them about like how he was saying how they come out of the hive and like they do this little kind of um circular kind of a I don't know like flying around where they map out the new area to kind of logistically figure out where they're going and that so that was really cool uh, to learn all about that and I'm so excited to learn more about like beekeeping and the honey and the hive and the yeah so exciting and we were venturing around for the morning looking in the forest looking everywhere where will we put it um so yeah we eventually found a spot and so exciting the other news i have is at the moment i'm doing a series of ig lives so instagram lives where i go on sunday nights at 7 p.m and i interview another kind of uh sustainable we'll say sustainably promoting uh, business and um, we th we talk all things nature and adventure and the planet and this is actually to mark the launch of my book so that was the third piece of news uh, my book launched on Sunday just this week uh, Sunday the 28th of March and it is now available to pre-order so you can get it on my website in the shop section and from there you can order and it will be shipping in about two weeks on the 12th and you shall have it for Easter, April, yeah, April 2021. So it's amazing. And I'm so excited and I can't wait for you to get a copy and yeah, just like finally just release it out to the world because it was such a long while in the making and thinking and reflecting and, you know, frustration and happiness and frustration and happiness and choices and it's just done now and it's ready to go so I'm, I'm just like yes out the door and into the world and into people's hands and they can really feel and visualize the places so if you didn't know already it basically it's called wild adventures and it takes you on 20 locations or adventures that I went on across Latin America Antarctica and yeah and there's like a photo on each page so it really gives you an insight into what the place looked like and yeah I'm sure it's going to bring some light into your life and a bit of adventure and yeah give you some inspiration to know that you too can travel and voyage and face your fears and um, accomplish your dreams and all of that and of course our mother earth appreciate our earth for all she does so yeah guys that's my news that's all the news but I'll keep you posted and yesterday as well my other news I planted I like giving you updates on the plants as well um I planted cucumbers um lemon basil um I did my six courgettes during the week transplanted them I did um two kind of long kind of uh pots of uh pot sills of rocket I love rocket I literally love it rocket with like you know uh, that blue cheese oh my god amazing um but yeah so that's kind of my news I did other plants as well but I'm trying to I did so many of them now I'm like oh my god losing track now uh but yeah so guys I just want to finish up by saying thank you thank you thank you thank you again to the patrons for supporting my work and keeping it going 
and if you are getting something out of this podcast or finding my message helpful please consider becoming a patron because it puts value onto my work and it allows me to uh, pay my bills and buy my food and you know it's it's uh it's allowing me to do this so thank you so much if you've liked this episode please share it um and give me feedback if you feel and if you've any questions about the book or ordering the book just message me I have no problems to help you with that and as a final note next week I'm going to take you into some other areas of Colombia we're going to stick on Colombia because there's just so so much stuff here to learn and experience and yes I will see you all soon and have a lovely day enjoy your life do something nice in nature and I'll talk to you again on our next session. Ciao!